having me, Verizon Community Church. It's uh, so fun to be able to speak on a Sunday. And Alex, if I could just have you say that every morning as my alarm clock, I think every day would be a good day, man. Like, you are an awesome man and way, way too kind. And uh, But honestly, um, you know, coming from, coming back to Philly, I grew up in Southwest Philly, uh, planted church up in Scranton in northeastern Pennsylvania where it's cold. I mean, like, Philly gets cold up there is like a whole nother level of cold where like your feet get cold even when you got like two pairs of socks on. And um, coming back to Philly after playing a church and burning out and, and working in the city with some other churches on like an associate pastor role, having a friend like Alex be able to just encourage you and speak life to you. Um, and you've been a great friend to me and I'm sure um, he's been a great pastor to you guys and just being around him you just feel encouraged so thank you for those kind words thank you for letting me speak today already I'm feeling like so good but um <coughs> I've got a little cold uh, so just bear with me uh, I'm going to pray with you I'm going to pray over you because I'll probably get you sick and that won't be good but um talking about grace today and you know when we think about grace there's times when we think about grace as like a get out of jail free card, right? You know, like we do something wrong and God forgives us and we don't get what, 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 what we deserve. And so we think of grace like that. But I want to talk about grace on, on another perspective. I'm talking about grace that empowers. That even when we have nothing, we have everything when we have God. So talking about grace in those seasons where we have less, but we actually have more. Because I feel like it's kind of counterintuitive because we're, because we're conditioned to have more. We're conditioned to, to consume. This quote from Jeff Bezos, the CEO of you know, a little company called Amazon, says this, what consumerism really is, at its worst, is get people to buy things that don't actually improve their lives. So at the heart of it, here's this guy, Jeff Bezos, who like, oh my gosh, everyone buys stuff from Amazon. Everyone loves that two-day delivery. It's amazing, right? And there's nothing like getting that little update where you see out for delivery, where like that package that you get is coming today. It's a great thing. But he is part of this machine where we are conditioned to have more, to buy things that we don't need with money that we don't have. You know, and sometimes we think in those moments where we get that thing that our lives will be better. If we just have that one thing, whether it could be something on Amazon, or sometimes it could be, if I could just have that promotion, or if I could just get that A in that class that I'm taking. You know, whatever that what if is, and we think, like, if we can get this, then I'll be happy with where I'm at. But sometimes we get that, or we get this, and we still feel the same. And so I want to challenge you today is that even if we don't get that, or even if you don't get this, in those moments when we have God, we can be content, we can be happy with where we are. And I think that is a truly fuller form of being happy that sometimes, you know, those things that we think we need can never, ever give us. And there's a time in the Old Testament, David, where he's going through a difficult season. He's on the run from King Saul. This is before David was king. And, you know, he was on the run. Not He wasn't at his home. Saul was after him because he was jealous. And him and 600 men were on the run from Saul. And they just defeated this army, the Amalekites. And they're on their way back home. They had this huge battle, this huge win. And so you think like, hey, we just had this huge battle. Everything's awesome. And then they get home and everything is not awesome. 
You guys ever had one of those seasons? It almost seems like sometimes you don't want God to answer your prayer sometimes because like as soon as this good thing happens, it's like, man, what's like what's around the bend? Well, David hit a, a, a brick wall right around the bend coming home. We pick up the story after he defeated the Malachites in 1 Samuel 30, verse 3 and 6, and it says this. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. That's that's extreme sadness right here. These are men. These are men that are warriors, men that are fighters, and they get home from fighting this battle, and they're all excited to see their family, see their kids, and have that moment of just like relaxing, you know, remember that, that stressful week, and you just can't wait for Saturday to just like sleep in or whatever your off day is, and it's like, oh yes, I'm going to have to tomorrow, I can sleep in, it's so good. Well, they finally get home from this battle, and it's almost like the battle has just begun all over again. Their families are gone, their possessions are gone. And these strong, strong men are weeping. You can just get a picture of the sadness that is going on here. And David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. So here's David, this, this, great, this great warrior who just a few chapters ago, people were singing his, bra his praises. You know, Saul killed thousands, but David killed ten thousands, you know. And here these men that were fighting him side by side wanted to stone him. You guys ever have some of those moments? You know, maybe that same coworker who was like all for you, but then as soon as like maybe you got that promotion, they were talking about you, you know? Or, you know, just going through those seasons of life where like you just find out that you got blocked on social media, and you're like, dude, I didn't even think it was like that, you know? Those seasons that happened, these men wanted to stone him after they were just fighting alongside of him. Each one was bitter in spirit because they lost his sons and daughters. And I love this. But David found strength in the Lord. I love that because it's hard for me to be like that. You know, here's David, this mighty warrior, this amazing poet, soon to be king, and he found strength in his God when he had nothing. Even though he had nothing, he had everything because he realized that there was a God that was still with him. And, you know, what a reminder to encourage ourselves when we go through those seasons. You know, what's your sick lag, right? You know, what's that season that you're going through where you didn't expect things to go that way? You kind of get blindsided. You know, maybe you got like a diagnosis recently that caught you off guard and it's like, oh my goodness, like how are we gonna respond to this? Or, you know, maybe you just lost a job that seemed everything was going great. You know, whatever that season is, what is your sick lag? And a lot of times we can think, well, if we just have this, we just have that get better. But David didn't have this. But David didn't have that. He just had God. And God was enough. God was his everything. And historians say that in this moment, in the season of Ziklag, David wrote a psalm. During the season when he had nothing, David wrote one of the most famous psalms ever. And you guys may remember this psalm. It goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I love that because in this context, you feel it. Here's this, this, this amazing man of God going through a season when he literally has nothing. 
His family is not there. His possessions are not there. And he realizes that God is still with him and he lacks nothing. Oh man, that gives me like goosebumps. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He refreshes my soul when the men I was fighting with wanted to kill me. He guides me along right past for his name's sake. Even, <laughs> even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And it's interesting when you hear this because who are his enemies right now? His friends. You know, it's amazing how sometimes the people that hurt us the most are the ones that are closest to us. You know, I don't know how it's in, in your life, but sometimes the deepest wounds that I felt in life haven't come from people who didn't know God. Sometimes the deepest wounds in my life have come from people who know God, Christians. I've been hurt way more by Christians than I have by people who don't claim to follow God. I don't know why that is. Maybe, like, I'm just, you know, on my guard up. But um, it hurts. It hurts a lot. But you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. I love this because these men wanted to stone him, and he didn't feel like a failure. But here's David going back to that time when he was out in the fields, when even his father didn't think he had what it takes to be king. But God did. God saw this potential. Listen, I don't care what people said or spoke over you. It doesn't mean anything to what God sees in you. And so here's David reminding himself that he's called, that he's got a purpose, that it's God that anoints him, that it's God's called him to be the leader. And surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So David's at this point, and he's like, faith, and he's facing this, this, this challenge. And he's thinking to myself, am I going to stay here? Am I going to go? And he, he, and he finds himself encourage himself with God. Spending time in God's presence because it's God's presence that really changes us. And, you know, recently I was doing some research for this message and I was looking at, like, you know, what makes people happy? You know, is it, like, money that makes people happy? It, like, like, what is it? Like, like, and so I found this article in Forbes magazine. Oh, that was crazy. <laughs> Ever see the trailer for The Invisible Man? Freaky, right? That new trailer for The Invisible Man, it, oh my gosh, so freaky. Maybe he's here, I don't know. But um, I found this, this study in Forbes magazine that was a Harvard study about what makes people happy. And so here's this magazine, all based on money, right? Forbes 500, you know you are like living the, your best life, you're on the Forbes 500 list. And so here's this magazine all about financing and what do they talk about? The happiest people in the world are the ones who have more time and less money. Harvard. One of the most elite colleges, Forbes magazine, one of the most prestigious magazines, periodicals, talking about money, and it's not having more that more money that makes you happy, it's actually having more time. Something that anyone can have. You don't have to have a college degree to have more time. You know, you don't have to be the most talented to have more time. You don't have to be in a position of power to have more time. Anyone can have more time. And I think it's easy to have less money. 
You know what I'm saying? It's definitely easier to have less money than to have more money, right? And so, man, doing this study, it really opens up my, my eyes because it, it's really saying, you already have everything that you need. You just got to realize it. And, um, you know, sometimes as a dad, it's hard for me to realize this because, um, you know, I always like want to give like my kids everything, but sometimes I can't. Actually, most times I can't. And um, the things that I think we enjoy most are not the toys, because toys will break and toys will get lost, but it's the times of like going to the park. It's the times when instead of them saying, Dad, 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 three times get my attention, it's me realizing that maybe it's just the first time when they say, Dad, that matters, when they can get my attention. You know, I have to be so distracted that I can actually be present. You know, I'm just going to encourage you guys today. Let's be present and not realize, not, and, and not feel like we need this or that to be actually happy in the present, but just realizing that we already have everything that need. And so in this moment, David is encouraging himself. He's realizing like, all right, God, as long as I have you, I can handle what's coming next. And so since they're on the run, at that time, David didn't have the temple to go praying to, so he got an ephod. And it says this in 1 Samuel 38-9, And David said to Abathar, the priest, son of Ahimelech, bring me an ephod, which is like this holy garment, which was used for prayer. So here's David trying to do things the right way. He's like, look, can't go to the temple. We're on the run. Bring me this, this prayer cloth. And Abathar, and Abathar brought it to David, and David inquired of the Lord. He said, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I <coughs> overtake them? And I love this because this is what separated David from Saul. Saul was the king at the time. And what caused Saul to lose his crown was that he went into battle without inquiring of the Lord. He didn't wait for the word of the Lord to give him the green light. He did what he wanted to do because his value was in himself, right? And so David is realizing, like, look, I may not win this battle. I need to know if God's with me. And I love how God responds. He says, pursue them, and you will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. It's amazing how sometimes, even when things seem against us, if we can just get that word of the Lord, it's almost like you can face any battle, right? You know, maybe maybe some of you are in, are in that waiting season. And I want to encourage you, take some time to really wait on God to see what He wants you to do. Because if we do it in our own strength, we may have all the talent and all the resources, but if it's not what God wants us to do, we're not going to win that battle. But even if we have less resources, and less talent and less ability, if God's with us, we can overcome any obstacle. You know, God's with you. And so David pursues. And it, and we read in, in the next couple of verses that David fought from dusk till dawn until the evening the next day. And none of them got away, except for 400 men who rode off on camels and, and fled. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. I love that. And the interesting thing 
is that, you know, we see this story and it seems like it was just like overnight. You know, sometimes you look at people and you look at their succession like, oh man, this, they, they came out of nowhere, this album came out of nowhere, this promotion came out of nowhere. Remember, the, like, where did all the success come from? This was actually a process because when David left with his men, he had 600 men that were with him, 200 left in the midst of them going to, to, to in the midst of this rescue mission. Can you imagine that? You know, you're, you're trying to get, you're trying to rescue what you lost and you have less people than you started with. It's like, where is God? Did I fail? And then in the midst of this, he meets an a, a, a Egyptian refugee who actually gives them food and supplies. This person who was abandoned by the Amalekites is now giving David and his men supplies. This person who literally has nothing is giving them something. And so it's, it's amazing how God just brings people along your path at the right time, at the right season, to help you accomplish what you need to do. You know, David knew he couldn't do this on his own, but he knew that he needed God in his corner. And I want to encourage you, you know, sometimes we go through seasons where when we had less, we had more. And it was hard for me to realize, especially as a church planner, um, because you always want more. You always think if you have more people, then you're more successful. If you have more people, then you're doing the right thing. And um, I was talking with a friend of mine, actually that mutual friend that Alex was talking about. And, you know, we were talking about church planning. He's like, yeah, if you do anything different, what would you do? And, you know, it wasn't go to more conferences. It wasn't to raise more support. It wasn't to work more hours. You know, when I look back at my church plant days, what I should have done more was simply just be present. You know, I was never content. If we had 20 people, man, we should have 30 people. If we got 30 people, man, we should have 50 people. Man, we're in a gym, man, we created for a building. And you know what? We got 50 people and I wasn't happy. We, we got out of the gym, and then we actually moved to a funeral hall, which, which like, used to be a church. And we actually grew there, but I still wasn't happy. And then we got, actually got to our own building, and I still wasn't happy, because I always wanted more. And I told him, I was like, honestly, if I could go back, if I could do anything different, especially there's a lot of things I would have done different, but the number one thing I would have done different is just be present. No matter who comes on a Sunday, just love them. No matter who we're doing this thing with, just appreciate them. You know, whether it's church plant, whether it's your family, you know, the people that are in your life, just love them. Just encourage them. You know, the job that you have right now, it's easy to say, like, maybe great if I had, like, four, you know, four more hours, or maybe great if I got this promotion, but can you just enjoy the season that you're in and be grateful for where you're at? And it really hit me because towards the end, of that season when I was church planting, I had one of the guys on our leadership team step down. And he's like, man, he's like, you, you just changed. You're just not the same guy anymore. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, 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 of like what a jerk I became because I turned my back on those who were with me. 
And even in those seasons when like we had less, you know, there's some seasons when we had some people that were really toxic. And even though they brought more people and it felt like, man, this church is full. <coughs> when all those toxic people left and we had less, actually it was better. You know, more is not always better. Sometimes less is better. But I think sometimes it's about having us really appreciate what we have in the moment and really adjusting our mindsets. Because if we don't adjust our mindset, no matter what we have, we'll never be enough. I love this quote from Dr. Caroline Leaf. Uh, she's a psychologist, and she has a book called Switch On Your Brain. And she has this quote, we are not victims of our own biology, which that encourages me because I'm Italian. So, um, you know, me being emotional and being like, oh my gosh, you know, like, I don't have to use that excuse. Like, man, why, why does that always get angry? Oh, I'm just Italian, just how we are. Like, no, man, we don't have to be victims of our own biology. We don't have to be victims of our families. We are co-creators of our destiny alongside God. God leads, but we have to choose to let God lead. David did that. We have been designed to create thoughts, and from these we live out our lives. Listen, not every thought that you have is a thought that you have to take on as reality. Listen, sometimes we get negative thoughts, we have the choice to put those down. Sometimes we get things that come into our brains and we don't have to hold on to every thought that comes our way. Right? We have a choice. You have a choice. Romans 12, 2 talks about renewing our mind. That means that when those negative thoughts come in, we're like, yo, I'm not going to choose that today. You know, when you're working at a place where everyone's being negative, choose not to see it that way. You have a choice. David, people wanted to kill him. His men wanted to give up. They didn't even want to go on this rescue mission. But David chose life. Listen, sometimes we need to ignore the voices that are around us, even those really loud voices that seem to make a lot of sense, and really focus on the one small, still, quiet voice that sometimes makes no sense, but makes all the difference in the world. All his men wanted to kill him, saying that you failed, you blew it. And God's saying, I'm going to give you victory. Going to overcome. We're going to win this thing. I love that one verse that says, You will get back everything that you lost. And that's a word for somebody here today. People walked in here and they felt like, Man, that thing never happened. That situation never took place. My life would be so much better now. Listen, we serve a God who restores, right? We serve a God who will give back the things that we lost. And I love that verse. And I also love this verse in Philippians 4.12. And, you know, growing up, I heard this verse all the times, you know. Um, I can do all things through Jesus that gives me strength, right? Rupert and my mom would say that all the time. You can do all things through Jesus that gives you strength. Mom, I still struck out three times and I stink at baseball, okay? You know, but I love how the message puts this verse. Contentment is greater than comparison. I've learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances, as the Apostle Paul called me. He wrote this in a jail, by the way. I've learned to be content whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy as with much as with little. As with much as with little. I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry. 
hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Sometimes just reading it in a different translation just kind of gives it just a fresh perspective. I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. And what are you facing today that you feel like you can't? But God's saying that you can. Contentment is greater than comparison because man, comparison is a thief of joy. It's tough. I read another article about people who were like super wealthy and how they're like super sad because all they do is compare. And that comparison steals their joy. They always feel like they need to have this this car or this position. And sometimes it can be like even other things like they want their kids to go to this school, have this prestigious name, and contentment. That's the key. It's comparison kills. And it's the same for us too, right? Those of us on social media, you know, oh my gosh. Them. They're on this vacation, and I'm stuck working a third shift. Oh, this is brutal. You know, you can play that comparison game. But I love this verse. I can make it through anything the one who makes me who I am. Because I think a lot of us feel like this. We feel flat, right? Our life kind of looks kind of dull. Not a lot to it. It's kind of like a really isn't like a good looking color either, right? Like, some of you are probably thinking, like, what in the world is this, right? Does, does anybody know what this is? I'm taking any guesses. What do you think this is? What's that? A cracker? I think it's a cracker. Anybody have any other guesses? It kind of almost looks like a piece of cheese, right? Right, but our lives don't look like this flat, dull, kind of like a stale cracker. But, this is not a cracker. And so, Put this microphone down for a second. This is our lives, and there's nothing this thing can do to change it. Actually, what this thing is, is a sponge. And there's nothing this sponge can do to change, but if I add water, it grows. And you see it's starting to grow, and I feel like this is like our lives. There's nothing we can do in our, in our own strength to get the victory, but when we pray, right, we start to become fuller. When we worship, comes, we start to get more shape. When we spend time in prayer, right, like what, like what are you doing, like these 30 days of prayer? Man, it doesn't feel like anything, but man, it really is something. It starts to grow. And sometimes just being in that God's presence really does, over time, make a difference. So from this little thing, this little wafer that didn't even look like a sponge, none of y'all guessed it was a sponge, actually was a sponge. But there's nothing that sponge could have done on its own to really come fuller, come what it really truly is meant to be. Had to be in God's presence. Sometimes it takes a couple drops. Sometimes it takes those moments where we're just spending time with God. Prayer, worship, word, going to church and we'll feel like it. Man, it's amazing what happens. And that stuff that we that God puts in, whoo, comes out. And we still can keep our shape. Listen, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Listen, some of you all need to look yourselves like this. 
right? You may feel like that little sliver of something that doesn't even look like anything, but once we put our lives in God's hands, man, it's amazing what God can do. And it really even brings that verse that Jesus says, having life, I come to have, to give you life, to give it to the fool. That's not a prosperity message, right? You know, it's not like just name and claim it stuff, you know? Um, that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is, I'm going to make you truly who you are meant to be. This sponge is full. It wasn't meant to be this little sliver. All right, it was meant to be this. You know, when you look at your lives, it's not meant to, 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 to be less and squished and squashed and to feel like nothing. When we put ourselves in God's presence, we become who we are truly meant to be. David put his hands, his life in God's hands and became who God truly meant him to be. That's what contentment really is. Being happy, being okay with who you are and what God has given you. And sometimes just being in his presence is allowed, allows us to change our perspective. So I encourage you, listen, your life may look like that black little cracker thing. But this week, this day, just spend some time with God and allow him to change your perspective, to silence those voices because you already have everything you need. Nothing is everything when you have God in your life. And I'll just even close with, with this. Listen, some of you maybe even need to let go of the life you think you should have, to hold on to the life that was always waiting for you. Right? Like that sponge that was that was flat. Look at his life and be like, hey, this is what life is. It's it's flat. It's boring. It's useless. People don't even realize what I am. You know, we're like holding on to like, this is what life should be, this flat little thing. But man, we put our life God in God's hands, we find our purpose who we're truly meant to be. Sometimes we need to let go of that life that we think we should have, to hold on to the life that's been waiting for us all along. So we see our lives with God's perspective. So that's what I encourage you guys today, that um, nothing is everything if we have God. And that's grace that truly, truly empowers. Um, worship team, um, can we sing that one song? Yes, I will. Can we sing that song again? I just feel like the words of that song just kind of like totally speaks to what this message is all about. And I just want to close in a word of prayer. Is this your mic? <laughs> God, I thank you for Horizon Community Church. I thank you for pastors like Alex, who believes in people, who sees the best in people, who sees people the way you see people, who sees me, Lord God, who sees the best in me, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I know he sees the best in the people that attend this church. And God, I just pray that through no matter what season that we're going through, God, may we see our lives from your perspective. May we find true contentment when we place our lives in your hand and we realize we have everything we need. And when we are in your hands, we can accomplish anything and overcome anything that comes our way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys.